Okay. Well, welcome everybody. Uh, <laughs> yeah, welcome back to my podcast. It's been a while, definitely, with uh, COVID and my unusually busy schedule this summer. Uh, but a few things before I move on, as always. Yes, we gotta do it. Uh, one, I am now officially in high school. So, <laughs> so my schedule will probably be all over the place. Definitely not these Saturdays, but I'll try my best. Secondly, the story will be comprised mostly of adventure and other story plots you've definitely seen before. If you haven't... Okay. The story's the same, but the characters... Yeah, 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 that sort of stuff. And lastly, this episode is called Mount Nevermore, and the inspiration for this episode actually comes from a Netflix show I recently watched called Hilda. It's a really great show, and to put it simply, it's Adventure Time meets Celeste. More on that later, if any of you know what that is. The stars glittered in the dark, inky black sky as the mountains loomed up and over the tree line. And of course, tucked away through the mountainside was a small but frivolous town, quiet and peaceful in the night. A few lampposts flickered on and off in the cold and starry night, and many of the houses there were asleep. All that is, save for one single window in the town, just near the bell tower, which flickered like a candle's flame. And within that window, you could see a boy, no older than 14 or 15, packing his bags and cramming in scarves, jackets, and snacks and water of all kinds. The boy's name was Matthew, and he was preparing for his long and somewhat tedious mountain trip up Mount Nevermore. All his friends thought he was joking, but his parents encouraged him to at least pack before leaving. So Matthew followed his heart and soul and his love for the cold and zipped closed his bag. His parents had told him that at precisely midnight, his uncle would be coming to pick him up and take him up to the mountain. Matthew looked down the hallway, walking down slowly and then turning to his parents' room one last time. He sighed, knowing about this big and gigantic step he was about to take in his life. He hopped down the stairs quietly, grabbed himself a small protein bar, and then petted his small cardinal friend Harry and headed out the door. The wave of cold air hit him like a burst of a wave of water, but this did not stir him, for he wore an insulated camo jacket, insulated jeans, and hiking, steel-lined boots. He looked from side to side down the road, his breath coming out in gasps of air. Matthew then looked up into the starry night sky and saw Mount Nevermore, illuminated by the bright and white jade moon, when he heard an engine slowly making its way toward him. Matthew turned his attention away to stare at the old brown and beige truck that lumbered his way. Inside sat his uncle Kevin, a thin but bearded man, and he had with him durable hiking and warm gear as well as a small hatchet. The truck pulled to a stop just next to Matthew, and his uncle rolled the window down. You ready to go, Matt? Matthew looked one last time to his home and smiled. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's get going. Matthew slid into the passenger seat, and the truck rumbled back up the hill and through the town's cobblestone walls, out into the moonlit fields of the night. Matthew took pictures on his camera of the dreary but stunning moonlight and the beautiful mountain ranges and fields they passed. But finally, 
After what seemed only moments to Matthew, the truck pulled to a stop, and the mountain towered up before Matthew, tall and mighty. Kevin gave his nephew the hatchet and a hug. See you around, nephew of mine, or whenever you get back down. Matthew nodded and waved to his uncle as he drove off. Thanks, Uncle Kevin, for a lot. The truck pulled out of sight, and Matthew was left alone with the mountain before him. He hiked up his backpack, pulled down his hat and goggles, and set off through the steeped and rocky terrain, climbing higher and higher. As he put one foot over the other, and handhold after handhold, he found his way to the hiking trail a short distance away. He tied his hatch to some rope and slung it up the hill, lodging it tight in a tree. Matthew tugged as hard as he could and then started working his way up, reaching the tree line of the trail, and he ripped the hatchet free, stripping it back onto his belt. But when he got to the stop, he felt a strange presence before him, some kind of followed feeling. Matthew looked all around the trail that he was on. The sky was still inky black with stars, and the moon was still looming up. But something didn't feel right. He kept it one hand on his hatchet, but he said nothing, for as it's common courtesy, it's rude to talk about someone or something that could be listening to you. He kept a fair and respectful stride, but spoke of nothing for the rest of the way up. Until finally, something grew tired of waiting, and spoke in a somewhat ghostly and sarcastic voice. Are you like this? Aren't you supposed to be a good little child and stay with your mommy and daddy? Matthew finally stopped and looked around. I'm not quite sure I understand. The voice continued on. Why are you hiking up this mountain? Shouldn't you be- Matthew interrupted. No, what I meant was, why are you bothering me? I have a job to do, and you're only making things more tedious. The voice stopped dramatically. It took a few seconds before responding. Hmm, you're nothing like that other kid. Matthew pondered who the other kid was, but he quickly turned around and used his hatchet to block a giant stone that was thrown his way. If you will not come down willingly, then I will throw you down by force. More and more rocks came from every direction, and Matthew sprinted for cover, lodging himself in between two rocks and waiting. The thing came out of the shadows, a black silhouette of a person with flaming orange eyes. In one hand, they held an object that looked like a flaming snowball. Matthew questioned whether this was reasonable or not. And in the other, they held a bottle. I trust you'll run from these, won't you? Matthew remembered reading in school about such an object, and he knew what it could do. He slid coolly backwards, then turned and dashed away as fast as he could. It's not easy to run with a backpack, mind you, but Matthew excelled at it. Training for long years helped with that. He climbed and scaled the paths like a mountain goat, dodging and ducking nimbly to sides and up the cliff. By the time he could catch his breath, the creature was whole yards away from him, all the way down toward the beginning of the trail. Perhaps they thought he had run away. Matthew grinned and continued running up the mountain, determined now more than ever to complete this dangerous trail and end his long impatience. The sun was barely peering through the clouds as Matthew shot his weary left hand up to grab onto a crag in the cliff face. He hooked one leg into a slot on the overhang, then reached his hand all the way up around the lip, pulling himself up. He threw his backpack off and stopped to get a breather and look out over the valley. On a cool dude morning like this, you could see the whole valley from up on Nevermore. And of course, Matthew saw the town where he lived. He couldn't quite make out... 
He couldn't quite make out his house from up there. But he could see the main square of the town and the preparations for a harvest festival. He would miss it, or not, depending on if he ever even got back down the mountain. No, he thought. Don't tell yourself that. You can make it. Matthew packed his things back up, leaving behind a few unnecessary items that he didn't need. For example, rope. And then he set off, his bag much lighter, as was his heart and spirits. The cool mountain air replenished his weariness and gave him some strength, and a short while later, Matthew stopped at what looked to be some sort of old outpost. He checked his supplies and saw that he had a little too much. It was a good thing he left the rope behind. I already have more than enough, he thought. There was a small but standing tower, a wrecked campfire and some flags, and a few barrels here and there. But worst of all, or best of all, there was some sort of skull lying on the ground with ropes around it. Hunters, Matthew thought. But he walked over to inspect the site anyways. There were some supplies in the barrels and a small pistol lying on the ground. Matthew looked all around, trying to see if there were footprints or some evidence of people. But there were none. So shrugging through his jacket, Matthew did the reasonable thing, picked up the pistol in the holster, and set off again. But suddenly he heard a great rumbling from out of nowhere. An avalanche. Matthew darted for cover, thinking quickly, and he threw himself into a barrel in a stroke of genius. He tied the barrel into the ground, and the snow rushed right on by. He felt the push and the rush of cold outside the lid, but he didn't dare open it up. Not yet. When he thought it was all clear, however, Matthew uh, judo kicked the lid off and rolled out into the snow. Most of what was left of the site was gone. A few barrels had been tossed around, the skull was now seated atop the tower somehow, and Matthew sighed it comfortably. He thought about what a crazy time his friends were having, knowing he was climbing up here. But he continued to press on, and the mountain soon became a climbing course. More bouldering than climbing, but you get the point. Matthew reached for even more handholds than ever before, and, the, and right at the overhang of a ledge, Matthew spotted something that stood out from the snow and the rocks. A photographer, snapping pictures of what looked to be a very faraway squirrel or bird. Matthew silently waved to the photographer with the last of his energy, and he finally turned around and gasped. The person ran over and helped Matthew slide up right as the ground gave way underneath. Matthew caught his breath, then shook hands. Who are you? Are you an explorer here too? The man smiled and laughed softly. <laughs> no, my name's Evan. I'm a professional photographer for the news in this town. Matthew smiled, remembering how great it was to be there. Plus, Evan continued, I dabble in the merits of adventuring from time to time. Professional hobby of mine. Matthew nodded, then grabbed the skull he had found from earlier. I found this at some old outpost or campsite. You said you take pictures. Do you know what kind of animal that is? Evan inspected the skull closely, then shook his head. Whatever that thing is, it's no baby Bigfoot, but that definitely isn't an animal I've ever seen before. Matthew tucked the skull into his backpack and continued on his way. Evan followed closely behind, then stopped. Hey, could I, you know, document your adventure? Matthew stopped, confused. How so? Evan took up his camera. Well, I can photograph and then publish your story. Matthew considered the option, then smiled. Sure, I'd like that very much. Evan gave himself a small fist pump and then kept walking. I always enjoy a good story. Very fun to have one on hand, even if you don't need to use it at the moment. Matthew and the photographer walked on in silence for a small distance before the sun began to set over the horizon. Matthew saw this and didn't hesitate to ask, How much further up does this mountain go? Evan looked all the way up inside. Higher than I can see, kid. Matthew sighed, then set his sleeping bag down for the night, rolling out and then climbing in. No use trying to run the rest of the way. We'll sleep here for the night. But as the two got ready for bed, the creature appeared once more. 
So, you thought you could escape, eh? And it looks like you found a friend as well. The creature pondered its next move, then grinned. Ah, yes, yes. I know exactly what to do. It disappeared into the night, and it was only then that Matthew sat up. The star stars twinkled like diamonds in the sky once again, and a few pine trees here and there shook in the wind. Matthew looked over to Evan, who was snoring peacefully. Matthew looked again to see the creature's footprints and sighed, knowing that he had to continue. So, upon taking one of Evan's pathers, Matthew wrote down a note and grabbed his bag and continued onward. On his head, to protect from the harsh cold, he wore the faded and chipped skull. Oddly enough, he thought, this skull reminds me of something. That's where I'm going to leave our story for now. Don't worry, Matthew and his adventure will return later. But now I think it's time that we look more forward, just like Matthew. <laughs> I'll be recording sometime later on this weekend, so the episode will be fairly new. But for the most part, have a safe but scary Halloween, and I will see you all this weekend.